three. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's how to start an episode. Yeah. Welcome to Mysteries and Madness, our video wrap-up episode for our first story arc, The Vanishing Socialite. The um, case of The Vanishing Socialite. The case of The Vanishing Socialite. I'm Dave Coleman. I'm Todd Sullivan. Awesome. So, uh, to get this thing underway, what are we drinking here, Todd? I like this plan here. We're uh, Yeah, so uh, I think it was agreed that we were each going to like share a beer with the other, so I brought one of uh, the beers I've enjoyed lately. I think we were talking recently about ignoring uh, the changing of the seasons because this is a sour which I normally uh, enjoy in the summer months and we are getting into fall uh, but this is actually a grapefruit sour by Phillips Brewing and Malting Company let's see. called let's see what we got here. Oro Blanco let's try uh, it's very tart and tastes a lot like, um, I think, like oh. the classic white grapefruit ah. juice from Whoa. back in the day that I don't think you can buy anywhere wow. anymore. I can really feel the front half of my tongue. Look, we got a cat screwing around here. Still got an okay camera, bud? Okay, awesome. So this is kind of cool. We're recording video for this as well uh, from Coal Mines Clubhouse in my... my, my trailer park boy living here. We're doing it up, man. We're doing it up. So if you want video access to this episode, that's available to our Patreon members at patreon.com forward slash coal mines clubhouse. Spelt like a mindful of coal. Todd, so stoked to be here. So stoked to have gotten through this story. And the uh, I think I counted somewhere around 70 hours spent working on I this. I believe it. Over uh, about seven weeks, I guess, because I, I definitely postponed the finale by another week just to continue audio editing because I was having a lot of fun and I yeah. knew what I wanted it to sound like. I knew how, how I wanted to represent the scenes. And uh, yeah, so uh, one of the oh, squeaky chair. We're going to work on that. <laughs> so uh, one of the assignments for this episode was to listen back to all three. Yeah. And uh, we did that. Todd. Mm. Thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah. Um, as a podcast guy, I'm not used to being on video. This is very weird. Well, don't don't think about the video. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm just. We I'm should uh, we should just have a chat. It's you yeah. and I over this table. Yeah, that's, right the, here. that's part of it too. Is I never know. Like I, I don't even know which camera we're recording on right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. Um, whether I should be looking at the camera or you. Let's or, just talk to me. You and me. You. Yeah. you and me. We're having a chat, Todd. First things first. Cheers, me, bro. Cheers. All right. To the to the end of a first story. And and it was it was fun. It was really cool to create this chair. Is maybe maybe too squeaky. I have a super squeaky chair. Just stay completely oh, still. Oh fuck! Fuck! Oh cats! Television, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Brand new kitten Arthur. Uh, uh, I think he slowed down this whole process in a big oh, way. We weren't. We, uh, you got that cat. The day we were supposed to record the third episode, and at first we weren't even sure we were going to be able to record that day because he was making so much noise. But we did. We yeah. did record the episode. But yes, uh, I had to have Arthur swaddled within my shirt the entire time so that we could even get him to shut up. Um, and over the course of that weekend, as I tried to edit, yeah, he took a lot of my time. So <laughs> I guess uh, putting a baby of any kind in your home when you're trying to be productive uh, doesn't work so yeah, well. Yeah, don't don't uh, don't get a child or pet uh, at the same time that ever. you're trying to do, or that. ever just uh, at the same shit. time you're trying to like get a whole bunch of creative work done. Totally. That, so that's moral gonna of the story: babies steal your creative juices and your free time and your soul. Yeah, and your soul. Yep. <laughs> that's right. So, <laughs> so thoughts on the podcast on these episodes um yeah so i mean first of all 
I, I enjoyed the, the game as a whole, like the game systems, the way the game worked. Um, I really like the concept of this, this two person game where a lot of sort of tabletop role playing games are meant to be played with the bigger groups, four or five, six people are at a table for Dungeons yep. and Dragons right now, especially in uh, the COVID-19 world, it's not always easy and not always safe to get those many people together. And so like having something that, that can be played with just two people, I thought was, was really cool. I'm also a fan of, um, you know, the cosmic horror Cthulhu uh, kind of stories in general. So getting able to um, spend some time in a world like that was really cool. Having said that, I feel like there could have been way more cosmic, or at least a little bit more cosmic horror. I agree. Like we didn't even encounter anything really until the last part. And I felt like this story, which was not an original story by you. It was, um, it was from the Cthulhu confidential um, game that we purchased. Yes. It almost could have been a regular detective story. Like it, it really felt like the Cthulhu elements were sort of slapped on at the last minute. Um, yeah, I, I really agree. I found that as I read it as well. I just, yeah. So that's, you know, brings us me into wanting to add more of my own narrative into what we're doing here. Um, I do think it was a good jumping off point in the similar way that the first episodes of the adventure zone were them following that beginner D and D quest. And it was a bit basic at first. I think I plan to kind of allow this to be like the soil I can plant yeah. in and start something. And I think too, from the perspective that it, it will be an ongoing thing, it might be good that there was just a taste of Cthulhu in this. Yes. Um, because that's going to maybe create that rabbit hole that this character can now go down yeah, where totally. you start seeing a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. But it's just, I guess, going through the experience and thinking of it as a single story arc, it just felt like that element was lacking. But I agree. But yes, I think it's the baby steps that we create towards it. You don't want to uh, delve too deep into that to begin with. And yeah. I, I you mean, don't, you it, don't start with your big money shot. Exactly. Right. Like we're, this is an, an adventure longer than the first three episodes. So yeah, I think especially with me taking the reins of the narrative, it's going to lead to some really interesting ideas. I'm excited to see where that all goes. Do you have any takeaways from the experience of recording this kind of podcast, like a narrative improvisational thing? I mean, the biggest takeaway I think that came very early on was realizing how often I say, uh, <laughs> yeah, the ums, the uhs, the long silences. Yeah. That, um, I think by the time we got later in that first episode into the second and third, I think I was better about my ums and ahs when recording here. Yeah. Well, we're learning as we yeah. go and the recording side of it is new to me as well. I got a lot of hours on a microphone and found my voice to be very inconsistent in this uh, speaking medium, right? It's harder to just keep that constant vocal volume. And uh, there's a lot of learning to be done here for mm -hmm. sure. Myself as well. Um, so I did learn some things through this whole process. Uh, I, I don't need to get so hung up on describing an individual object. I'd very much like find a thing and then like give it three different <laughs> descriptions. Right. Like I, one would make the episode sometimes too. Um, but then do describe the setting of the scene that's in my head. Cause I very much create scenes in my head and I, as I'm creating the Foley forum, I go, well, this was here the whole time. And I never told you about it, right? Even now, like the scenes are totally actualized for me more than they are for anyone else. And I could share in 
in what's in my mind a little more. So I want to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran into some, some bothersome parts of this system. I am enjoying it. Uh, this Cthulhu confidential, um, the equivalent of like Dungeons and Dragons, right? It's their brand. There were these several challenge tests about pretty girls. And uh, I mean, I guess it's very fitting of the setting and probably all the Pulp Fiction from that well, setting. Well, that's the thing. That's the, the 40s. Um, yeah. It's the, um, the the noir style detective story. The, you know, the, the dame walks into the detective's office and you know, she's got the, yeah, saxophone the hourglass. Starts. Yeah, exactly. It's just playing up those genre tropes, right? But I just think like spending dice rolls on whether or not... You're so horny for a chick that you can't like do your job is just it's not a game mechanic I want to play you. So we're not going to be seeing a whole lot more of that I don't think outside of maybe a scenario that really fits it where you're you're acting in a way that maybe uh, lends itself to it being a more plausible uh, test. But I haven't. Uh, it, I don't think it was there in that last scenario, especially like you just had your mind warped and then you. You come out of that and are like, oh, this this chick's really hot on the edge of the bed. <laughs> like, is that was there one of those after my mind got warped or? Well, yeah. Well, so you looked. Helen, I'm only remembering the one at the very beginning. There's two. So Helen looks you in the eyes. Yeah. And you get that mind warp yeah. or whatever. And then you uh, thankfully save rolled out of it. Um, and then immediately afterwards, you have to do a second challenge roll to do with this damaged waif, right? Oh, and then okay. you, you ended up like rolling a, a middling result. And See, that one I agree with. That one I think is silly being there. I think, though, the the first one where the dame walks into the detective office. Yeah, that's, that's very fitting of the That's pulp. the fitting of yes. the trope. Okay, that I belongs, agree. I think. I agree, but yeah, but- that, that other one is is inappropriately timed, right? It's like, I just barely escaped going mad, but wait, yeah, she's kind of a looker. It's just, the, it's, I believe the game developer going, I want there to be two challenges in this scene. We need action. Yeah, Let's get be. them rolling dice, but like for the wrong reasons. And so that's where and I, I can't like, I, I can't judge necessarily why that role might be there without knowing the other ways that that role could have gone, right? Like if that mm. role provided an interesting negative situation, right. that might justify it. But since I haven't been privy to those details. We're here. We can look into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the really cool thing about this wrap up episode is that the case is broken wide open. We can discuss all of the parts of it, uh, exactly what went down, uh, the scenes that weren't captured by our story, the places mm-hmm. you uh, didn't go. Jack Shepard never went to. The one scene we did and then completely cut because we realized it accomplished nothing. That's right. We had one of those. You, uh, uh, we let's talk about it. So you returned to yeah. I went to visit um, uh, Marshall Daly. Marshall Daly for a second time after encountering the German guy in the car. Right. Because uh, he had tipped me off that Marshall Daly was dealing with the accountant guy from the casino. Right, Franz. And so I thought I don't think I ever got Franz's name. No, um, Franz. Franz Spielmann, the German. Yes. Um, and so I thought there might there must be more there. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to the, the writer's row motel place, uh, tracked him down, started a bit of a conversation with him. And then after after you like flipped through your notes for about 10 minutes, you were like, 
There's nothing else here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> He's got no reason to come back. Here. I know. I can't, I can't, it was a boring scene. It was a, it was a useless scene. It's really interesting because Roscoe Deacon references it. He's like, "What about that Arthur guy?" And you're like, "Well, actually, I've, I've followed that lead down." And uh, little, you know, do you know at the time that he actually, you actually did go back, and there just was nothing else yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so that was. Uh, that was one of those moments. I didn't like that character. I didn't like the setting. They, I didn't mind the setting they placed him in, but the fact that he was a bit of a louse and uh, was constantly procrastinating his work and would be more likely found just yakking to someone else made him harder to track down. I don't know. It just, I, I think I could do more with the character and the setting. And like, if he was just a, some chain smoker who thought he was prolific and mm-hmm. was putting out page after mm-hmm. page and then you pull a page off the pile and it's shit, yeah. right? Like that's a fun character, I think. So I'm excited to like take the reins and see what comes out of my mind. Um, Cause I will say that the, the fist fight in that scene is one of probably my, my favorite um, sound moments in that episode, um, <laughs> yeah. the, the ding and the dang. And, uh, that was, uh, that was a good time. Yeah. I went looking for a falling down body sound and really couldn't find anything that fit the scene. And I knew I wanted these like punches of sound, like, uh, like the Batman television show from back in the day. And when I couldn't find that and I was kind of just stumbling around in this great site that we should, I'll talk more about in a second, but I found this little drum roll and I went, that's it, the tumbling roll. And then all the sound effects kind of are together, right? They're yeah. cohesive that way. Yeah. I used a site called pandemic, uh, sound. I pay a monthly subscription to it and allows me to put uh, the, my stuff and boy, it's amazing. Like they'll have 10 or 20 door creaks or whatever, which we'll get more into right. later. Listening to uh, 50 door creaks in a row will make them all start sounding like farts. And we will uh, share that with you in a little bit here. Um, but I loved it. Uh, Epidemic sound was amazing, if that's what I called it the first time. But that is what it's called. And then I found that this other site, Zap Splat, filled in any of the blanks. Anytime I did a search query and just it came up with nothing, Zap Splat would have that search query and have a bunch of really cool results. So that was helpful as well. You're hearing a train going by uh, right now, but we're just going to keep chatting through it. So the friggin' trains, man. Yeah, that's, um, I think we even had a, an outtake where I was about to get in my car and then the train drove by and I made a joke about how, yeah, I'm driving the train. Right. But yeah, the, the trains have been a, a constant uh, hassle leading to, you know, you know, we got to pause the podcast for five minutes as we wait for the train to go by. Yep. Ready to start again. Then the couch starts meowing and, uh, it's just one thing after another. And the furnace I turn off as well. Cause furnace is near our dining room, the dining room here, uh, which who knows how that in winter, we're going to have to like do an hour <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> just going to have to like crank the heat for the hour beforehand <laughs> yeah, just, and turn it off entirely yeah, or whatever. Record Pack our coat and gloves. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, up here in uh, Canada, we're in kind of the southern, central British Columbia, Canada, recording from Kamloops, British Columbia, and uh, love it up here, beautiful area. Can't get chilly in the winter, though. But yeah, just a little chilly in the winter. Um, Other parts of this whole scenario, using the Cthulhu Confidential that were a little bothersome to me, like... I felt like there were just these like talking heads of exposition mm-hmm. that you needed to run mm-hmm. into. And that's the way they designed it. And I guess, uh, and I think that's probably the easiest way for a game like this to play out. Cause it's just the two people, right? Yeah. It's us having a conversation as sort of the gameplay style. I think I'm curious to see what I can play with that, how I can play with yeah. that. Uh, maybe finding more pieces of physical evidence leading to more expert talks because yeah. those expositions make more sense than just a like a person who sh- doesn't really have any personal interest in telling you what they know yeah. just giving you all the info 
I need to become better at handling that maybe just well I don't know like was was I maybe supposed to because I have a list of experts in different fields that I have access to as I play through that I can go to for information do you think I as the way it was written was supposed to rely on those people more often because I only went to one once no I think uh, you got the info how you got the info. You didn't track down some of the things that maybe would have led you to wanting to talk to more experts. I think that there's a lot of open-endedness to this game design, a lot of ways to get to the result. Um, Your way was completely unique, for sure. Which brings me to some skipped scenes. There were things that just didn't happen in our timeline. I'm really curious about these. Um, Speaking of timeline, would you like the timeline of all the events? Um, yes, but before we do, before we get into skip scenes, I'm, I'm curious because there's some things that I felt were left up in the air. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering whether or not, like, how many of these things were, like, just flavor for the story and how many of them might have actually turned out to be relevant if I'd gone down other paths? Okay, sure. Um, some questions. Because... Especially during the first episode, there was there were so many characters and so much information being thrown at me and and steering me in so many different directions. It was hard for me to tell what was relevant and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it, in the case, you know, the Marshall Daly again, going back to his place because it yeah. seemed like that would be relevant. Um, the whole um, the whole issue about him being um, a, a commie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was going to be a bigger deal or not. Um, the, the character that he was supposed to be working with where the, the German guy said, like, when you visit him, make sure your gun's out. Right. I don't know if that guy was ever going to be important. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Phil block, Phil block. Um, the reference to uh, people being sacrificed under the Hollywood sign. Was that ever going to be important? <laughs> Would you like answers to some of these? Well, right let, let me just finish okay. getting through all these because sure, sure, I sure. made a list of them. Okay. And okay. then lastly, the one that stood out is like maybe it could be more. There was the, the, the guy who was the author of all the books in Claire's Place. Who, yes. who gets a name mention and then never shows up again. So Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. All right. Well, there's a bunch of stuff there. We can start with uh, Franz Spielman. Um, Scenes that weren't in our version. Uh, Turns out Franz Spielman is a very stabby person. Dude likes to stab. Um, There was a way to get to his residence. He was staying in the... the, um he was staying in the pool house of an actress from Germany that he had photos of, because it turns out she was a lesbian, and he had photos of her with a woman in Germany, <laughs> from, the, from Germany, happening? right? And so this was his way of, uh, of forcing her to let him stay with her in the pool house. Yeah. And if you'd gone in, it was full of knives, because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> he's super stabby. And like when you uh, interact with the Franz, you were just pretty chill about it. And then ro- I think rolled the right way if there was any rolls. Not really. It was mostly just a speaking scene. But yeah. you, you talked through it. You were super calm. You never like pushed any aggressiveness his way. And because you didn't, he never went searching for you or else he would have eventually like s- stalked you and stabbed you. Oh, wow. just like for being an angry German dude or whatever. Dude. Um, so that was, was kind of interesting. He really was in like an undercover German spy. He really was. Yeah. He was working for the Germans. He was an undercover spy. And this is the guy in, from the car. Yeah. The, the German dude from the car. Right. Now you mentioned Phil block. Yeah. So Phil block was the accountant for the Allegria. Yeah. And Whitey Alexander, the guy who was running the Allegria, he was skimming from the books. He was skimming off the top of the casino. Okay. And so there was two sets of books. Right. And Phil Block, the accountant, is the one dude who knows this is going on. 
and this is the story, is that Helen is trying to get Whitey out. Yeah. She's trying to figure out a way to get Whitey out because then her father's debt is absolved. Meanwhile, um, meanwhile, Bugsy Siegel is trying, trying to take to, over. Is trying to take over using his henchmen of Bud Baron and Mickey Bud Cohen. Bud Baron, yeah. Yeah, Bud Baron, yeah, and Mickey Cohen. And so Helen figures out about these books, and then... Uh, so she tries to seduce Phil Block and is successful because Phil Block's a nerdy like hot chicks never talk to. Mm-hmm. So as soon as she gets the books from Phil Block, she totally drops him. And Franz, this Franz Spielman German dude, he saw Helen. He was following Helen a bit. So Helen was with Marshall Daly. And Helen was with Phil Block. So that's why he made the connection between them. And so he, so Franz Spielman goes and approaches Phil Block and yeah. is like, hi, I see, like, did the same thing he did to you, basically. Phil Block lets slip that he works for Whitey Alexander. So then Franz Spielman immediately goes, holy crap, this guy's a mob boss. I'm like this guy poking around i mean whitey will just uh, wipe me he'll just off me right yeah so then uh that causes franz to just pull back he just like backs off of phil block but he would like phil block to just be out of the picture now because phil block's the only guy who knows this franz guy exists and he's 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 scared of phil block now because phil block has the power to tell whitey about this whole thing kill off franz so franz says to you hey if you see phil block this nerdy accountant yeah yeah just have your gun out because he's trying to cause an altercation where you shoot him so oh it gets i rid see of him. okay yeah i still don't get where uh franz got the connection between phil and marshall so it's all about helen helen was hanging with marshall and helen was hanging with phil block and that's the connection that, okay yeah so he just assumed that because he said that that Marshall was working with Phil. There was there was some shit about that. There yeah, was and that's, some because that was one of the reasons I went back Mary, to see Marshall, and then uh, yeah. and then Marshall said, "No, nah, I'm not working with him." And I was like, "Oh, okay," and then never made it into the podcast because yeah. So some stuff that were uh, dice casualties, like causations, I should say, dice causations, things that like just played out based on how. Uh, Jack Shepard played our story. Uh, Roy becoming incarcerated. This crazy Roy mm. gentleman with the garage incarceration is not how I intended for that to play out. I thought he would get shot, fall into the pit, beaten by those demon beings, but instead tied up in the car, incarcerated. And that was all about the choices that you made as a player. So that was quite cool. Well, and I will say there too, because um, my original plan was to drop him into the pit, mm. but because you had said that um, the the creatures down there didn't eat living pe- things, right? I I didn't think my character would have killed him first. I would have been okay with putting him down there and letting him deal with the creatures. Right. That's sort of one of those like it's out of my hands. Let fate take its course. Right. But I wasn't going to be the one to put a bullet through his head. Right. Okay. So, so that's what you did. Yeah. Cause you're, we're just a cold blooded killer. Yeah. I get that. That makes a lot of sense in, in the context of it all, but that, ultimately I'm sad he didn't get eaten. Cause that's what I wanted to see happen. But. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to see as well. That would have been the most poetic end for him. Obviously. Uh, another thing is Bugsy Siegel. Who's the, the higher up coming from the East coast to the West yep. coast, trying to um, push his way into the mob scene. You could have found out that he hangs at the Coconut Grove and gone and met with him 
sat down, spoke with him. And then, oh, I'm too bad I missed out on the chance of hearing you do a Bugsy Siegel voice. Whatever the heck that would have had to have been. Hey, yes, another bad accent. And then at one point, you notice he's just fidgeting with like a small stone in his hand. And it turns out it's like a chunk of, of something thing. that came from, from out at Roy's property. Yeah. Interesting. Came through Mickey Cohen to him and he's happy to get rid of it. And it's like a fog lifts and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Just this little chunk of it. And that just never came up, which I guess means Bugsy it's, Siegel it's still, still has it. I guess under the control of the yeah. great old ones. Yeah. <laughs> Bugsy Siegel sells a chunk of this, I guess. Uh, spoiler alert. Jeez. Um, Another thing that uh, was a dice causation was Clara Nebel driving off the bridge and killing herself. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they failed to contain her when she was running away, right? Yeah, you failed to contain her. She got to continue to run. And so right there, like, we're already kind of in a failed state. So, like, things aren't going to turn out really well. And then I gave you a second opportunity to kind of uh, persuade her, calm her down. And you failed that, right? It was uh, you had to roll a die. And if it went odd, it was a fail or something like that. Yeah. Well, I had to do a reassurance push push. And I did have a a negative thing on me so that if the next push I did. Yeah. Had a 50 50 chance of failing. And I think it failed. Right. So you didn't get the reassurance push. So it was like. You've got her in your arms. She's not going to, you're not going to let go of her and watch. She jumps over the railing immediately. I mean, I, maybe that would have been a fun, dramatic way to play it. But I just felt like you'd kind of ended up in this middling zone where she wasn't about to off herself, but then you didn't succeed. I did actually, I like the way that played out the idea that like, you know, you find out a few weeks later that like, obviously it had some kind of long term effect on her sanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of like the way that played out. I, I like the, like she just drove home from the deacon's residence killed herself then you know no needed time to be recognized family get in touch shows up in the friday paper so i thought the timeline worked for for that that it was the same day you know like eventually she got in her vehicle she seemed fine but got on the road and it all flooded back yeah um i i would have liked to have played that whole scene better i don't feel like i gave clara a smart enough end you know like you found the sage in her bag i wish she'd done more before she scrapped the face sometimes yeah. i'm looking at the paper and i'm just trying to like keep the plot moving and, and it's do clara it. nebel clara nebel what did i just say no no, no i was just no, making okay. sure that we're clear on the podcast because <laughs> yeah, right? we did get that wrong for a while Claire nebel and like i didn't even notice you called her you called cleric like claire neville or something and she didn't even pick up on yeah. it in the, in the scene so you know the other the alternative is that we could have just you know decided that her name was claire neville now Nah, I know maybe that would have been the smarter way to have played it all. It was going flip flop flopping back and forth. Oh, because you were saying Neville and I was saying Neville. Yeah, I was, we both were saying something different. Yeah. And uh, something I edited a lot out of was just me mispronouncing stuff. And a lot of it remained in. A lot of it I couldn't get rid of where I'm just like vowelish sounds without like the actual pronunciation of a yeah. word. Well, while we're on that subject, why yeah. don't why don't I don't know if it's ever been explained on the podcast this but Baron, huh? what that's a reference to. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess not. I just, uh, it's tough for me to get the accent and hold it. So every time I'm like going back to responding in the character's voice, I tend to do a little something and with Bud Baron. It was just like, say his name over. And but over it was, again. it was, it was with Bud Baron in particular. It was done oh, so many times. Like I literally just, every line you'd be like, Bud Baron here. And then I went out for a walk. I really, Bud Baron here. Oh, and then I had a glass of whiskey and Bud Baron here. I really struggled in that scene so much. It was just one of those like exposition talking heads that didn't make sense to me. And I didn't know how to respond yeah. like a real person and, give you the information I'm supposed to give you. And so I had so many false start sentences. And so I'm yeah. constantly going, uh, but man, yeah, uh, 
I don't know what the fuck to say, but uh, I was uh, I was pushing at one point for a uh, an outtake featuring all of the all of the variations on Bud Baron. Yeah, I regret not doing that. It <laughs> that would have been, been long. It would have been great for this episode. Oh, you know what? It would have been I great as this an additional yeah. an additional um, audio clip for uh, Patreon. Yeah, that's In a fact, ringtone. <laughs> something else we joked about was the idea of uh, somebody sending in like five bucks through Patreon and getting you to do their like voicemail messages in, in, in the voice of, the of any character. Sure. My uh, shitty voice. But Baron Hare yeah, included. Yeah, with, with your name included in it. Sure. But Honestly, Baron Hare, yeah, you overreached. Todd this, Sullivan. At this point, you, uh, yeah, at this point, there are no Patreon subscribers. So I would just do that for anybody that asked. There you go. Wow. Sure. I got I got free time. Hopefully, one day I wouldn't. But uh, yeah, right now <laughs> I'm I'm looking at that Phil Block scene. I was trying to figure out uh, how it does connect to um, to Marshall Daly. Uh, you know what? Screw it, man. It's yeah, my we story. don't have to worry about it. Right I, now. I say it, it, maybe it didn't. Um. So. Oh, so I had a fun thing. I wanted to like create something in, well, you know what actually a, a fun thing to do right now? Let's look at these doors. So I was doing like door creak sounds for, for like a half hour and I, they all started sounding like farts. And so I've got a collection of my favorites here. Yeah. So I'm going to share them with you guys at home and to Todd here. These are the funniest fart sounds that aren't farts that are. These are all legit, uh, uh, uh door creaks and door opening sounds. I'm disappointed. You didn't sneak one fart in here to see if I could identify it. <laughs> right? No, these are all 100% legit door sounds from a Foley website. It's a long stinker one. Stinker. I swear I've heard some of these come out of my child. <laughs> oh, the oh, ploppers yeah, at yeah, the yeah, end yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd I can you. see how you spend too much time listening to those. The same way that, like, if you say a word too many times, it starts to lose its lose meaning. meaning yeah. All of a sudden, the creek turns into a fart when you've heard it too many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, so I had a fun thing here. I wanted something from this uh, in this podcast in between episodes to count back into the story. So what I decided to do, I've got a three-question quiz here for you, Todd Sullivan. Yeah. For each correct answer, I will give you a plus one bonus to add to any role. So you get up to, up to three of them. Uh, to give to your character, Jack Shepard. So it's three plus ones, not one plus three. Right. It's okay. three plus ones to be that's, distributed that's wherever you would like them. One per correct answer. Okay, that's fair. All right. And I'm allowed to consult my notes. And oh, and you can consult your case notes. Because I did re- re-listen to all the episodes before doing this, but I have to admit I listened to it while I was working today, so it was Traitor. only in the background. Traitor. I know I, I had to slave to my day job um, prior to this, but uh, hopefully I subliminally absorbed uh, the, the right information to be able to answer these questions. So. There is a, uh, in, the ep- in the third episode, there's an 11-minute chunk of episode just... As you're leaving the Deacon residence 
and then you go to the Roy's garage mm-hmm. and you end up in the cage being descending into the pit. It's there's an 11 minute section there that I clocked at about 15 hours of editing to put together. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that was worth background noise. for you. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh... <laughs> so I have a three question quiz here. Yeah. When you go to Clara Nebels, mm-hmm. Uh, displayed prominently on the shelf is a book by this dude, William Dudley Pelly. Okay. It's William Dudley Pelly is the answer. (laughs) William Dudley Pelly is the name of the dude. Um, he, he met a God in a near death experience. What was the name of the God that he met in that Uh, near death experience? I have I have spore written down. Spore, (laughs) the word spore. I have spore. Spore was important to (laughs) you. It was well, no, it's not just that. It's related to Claire Nebel and and black magic under the Hollywood sign and Helen joining two years ago. Uh, Somebody had a vision of an old rusted oil pump jack. Uh, I guess that's maybe out at the the garage. Out at Roy's place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have the name written down here. Oh, you, you say it really loudly in the episode. I had to really uh, automate the audio there and get oh, it really? nice and loud in the episode. What is it? Nodens. 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 I remember it now that I say it. Nodens yeah. was the man that he met, William Deadly Pelly. Oh, no plus one no for plus Jack Shepard there. there. Oh, man. If this is how hard they're all going to be. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I have edited this audio for 70 hours. Right. So I think I... I anyway, name the victim in Roy's trunk. You go to Roy's garage, there's a man <laughs> beaten in the trunk. I don't think I wrote this down either. Um, oh, I have another page of notes here, though. Wait, what's over here? Oh, shit! I have Nodens written right here. <laughs> if I look at the second page, I would have found it. Um, um, Maybe a, a little hint. You ran into him at the Alegria Casino. He led you back yeah. to Whitey Alexander's oh, office. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> but he's um, definitely a secondary character who got yeah. killed. He was a red shirt. Do you remember the name shirt. of this red shirt? He got introduced. Yeah. <laughs> His yeah, name yeah, was said yeah. four times yeah. on the podcast. I know. I know. Okay. I know. Um. <laughs> I'm going to say I don't know, and then I'm going to find it written down suddenly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think if the timer is up. He, he, he. Um, I don't know. Uh, Burl Treehorn. <laughs> you got the, the kitty got scratches. You, get, you got kittened for that <laughs> one. I got kittened for that one. Yes. Right. Uh, oh, man. Plus one for your character if you get it right. Uh, uh, lacerated by a kitten if you get it wrong. <laughs> this is a fun game. This is a fun game. That's right. This, that's right. <laughs> All right. So third and final question. There was a famous singer who witnessed your poor oh, jump man. from the exploding car. Named the famous singer... At the Alegria, the night... I can't think of that. You either. did a poor jump. Let me say, I don't think I both bothered. I remember, car. yeah, my bad jump. I don't think I wrote it down. <laughs> I want to say, it's not Fred Astaire. I don't know why that name pops into my head. 
<laughs> it's maybe the right era. Uh, and it's not Cole Porter, I don't think, because that's the no that's as the you song that was it was a being Cole Porter covered, song that was being covered. Yes, yeah, by a female singer as you walked in. Yeah. Um. <sighs> <laughs> Zero for three. Zero for three. Oh, shit. Not how I expected this to go. Really? Well, just know uh, there will be a test at the end. Okay, yeah. You now know this, all right? Uh, and so I'm pissed off because I didn't have Nodens. I should have gotten Nodens. You should have gotten Nodens. Nodens was in your note. I had Noden notes. He had Noden notes. It was Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby. Hard cookies, huh? Yeah. Well, that that's all it took, eh? One, <laughs> one beer and some chatting with a good buddy. Thank you, Todd Sullivan. Is that it? We're done? I think so. I think that's just to boot everything. Okay. Uh, I'm excited for the next season. I don't know when that episode's coming out. I do think that this is going to be kind of a uh, put them out when they're ready thing, because yeah. I, I don't want to half-ass it. I think there's some really cool audio happening here. There's a my proudest moment, my favorite moment from what we did here. Kitty! Anyway, th- my proudest moment from what we did here was uh, you leave... How does it work? You leave the Deacon residence and you drive out to the garage and there is a bit of Foley where you're driving down the highway and cars are passing and there's a train on your right and then a cement truck kind of pulls around. Freaking cat. Chill, bro. And that scene took a long time to create and all those things were separate pieces of Foley that I put together to create the overall thing. I was running 15 tracks, two tracks of audio for vocals, plus 13 tracks of uh, background music and Foley. Mm. And that little scene there had a lot of stuff overlaid to create this sense. And it's one of these rare places in it where I can close my eyes. And as you pull up and you're just kind of down the road from this old garage and these uh, rusted pumps and, and this oil derrick, I can like picture in my mind like where you end up. I can feel the ride that we went on or whatever. And it just, it's, I'm really proud of what I, I accomplished there for, you know, that's what I'm doing this for, I guess. And it's, yeah. fun, to, it's fun to play a role playing game, you know. <clears throat> I've been a, a DM for some D&D as well. That kind of stuff's fun. It's a lot of work. Mm. This is particularly cool. I'm excited to see where I can take this whole thing. I had some thoughts for the next season. Um, yeah, it might be original. Uh, new game mechanic. We're going to give you the hungover table. Yeah, I like the sound of that. So uh, every time you drink too much, roll on the hungover table, and then I can divvy out things uh, that go down just from that. Uh, what were some thoughts? I uh, think in that regard, though, there should be the opportunity when drinking to gain benefits, right? If the next day... They're going to result oh, totally. in negatives. Oh no, I agree. I'll just, I'll just <clears throat> stop drinking, right? Like if all I'm getting are negatives out of this, there's no reason to do it. No, no, no. There's, there's all about like finding that zone, right? Yeah. I think that we're the like, balance. You, you have the whiskey in your glass in the morning, and you're like, you're just, you're firing on that seventh cylinder, just because like you're in the zone. And yeah. I, I do think that's a place you can find this rally spot where you're just like you're partying just right. And uh, I think that should be. And oh, and so as part of the hangover table, maybe yeah. sometimes it's oh, yeah. a good result. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's fair. So as, yep. as part of the hangover table is is positive. Positive hangover. Gotcha, for gotcha, sure. Gotcha. Um, I'm not familiar was, with those personally. <laughs> <laughs> they they <laughs> happen, man. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> personal experience okay. speaking, I guess. Uh, so anyway, so I'm excited to, to use that. You know, you could get in a bar fight, could have a black eye for a, mm-hmm. uh, an investigation. Could uh, you're no longer broke for sure, but uh, you could uh, spend all your money drinking. Yep, that's very possible. Very possible. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to put us in that location more. And follow some some threads and uh, 
Excited to be doing it with you, Todd. Yeah, me too. Very, very cool. Um, before we're done, I just wanted to say that um, I don't normally dress like this. I came kind of in, in pseudo character. This is my my gumshoe look. I also brought my, my gumshoe flask. So while we're still on the show, I have to kick a, a drink from my gumshoe flask. Yeah, we are in our COVID pod as well. This is my pod. Mm. Uh, it's myself and Todd and uh, actually just through this wall. We got my buddy uh, being a camera engineer, uh, Dougie Boy, through the wall there. Yeah, Dougie Boy back there. Well, there you go. That's what we're thinking is whiskey should be the drink of our show. Yeah, I think so. This is not whiskey. This is a Manhattan, which is made with whiskey, but it's pretty smooth. It's all I had at home. It's delicious. Thanks, Todd Sullivan. Thanks, Dave Colmine. Excited for our next adventure together. Until next time. I, the fact that anyone's listening whatsoever, if you're listening to this, you're the, just one of my favorite people. Uh, I, I wish you the most awesome day, and I thank you for letting our weird podcast be a part of it. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.